Dear students, we are excited for our interview today. This episode with our special guest, Lynn Vartan. She is a doctor of music at Southern Utah University, and she specializes in percussion. Yes, very cool. So specifically, she recently just did a collaborative piece here at Southern Utah University called Fluidity Confined. You can find it on YouTube. We're going to talk about it all throughout our interview, but she's got a lot of good stuff to say when it comes to that. We hit on different topics of communication, collaboration, being able to create your own experience, and just other things that you might not think of with regards to this project. It's some really important stuff that you can apply to any aspect of your life or college, whether you're a music student or not, you're not going to want to miss this for sure. Let's jump into it. I'm John. And I'm Brad. And this is Dear Student. This is the podcast to help you develop yourself, build relationships, and identify your purpose to create the experiences only you can create in college and everything after. You run your own podcast, The Apex. Yeah. The Apex Hour. The Apex Hour. Okay, And cool. actually, originally that started out as a, it's a radio show, really. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a live radio show on the radio station that goes out locally. Okay. But we just record it because why not, you yeah. know? And then we, we turn it into a podcast. So it's kind of just trying to get the most out of the experience of having the guests here. Sure. So they, our community gets it live on the radio station and then everybody else gets it in the podcast. That's so. pretty cool. That is pretty yeah. cool. What's been your favorite part of having a podcast or your favorite guest that you've interviewed? Ooh, so good. These questions are so good. I think the best part of having a podcast is the the way the conversations are because they're much more intimate. You know, these guests come to campus and they're on stage and they're presenting and sometimes they're reading off of their paper and it's very professional. It's very academic. But when I get them in the studio and we start talking, we really go deeper, you know, and we really get to know who they are, what they stand for, where they came from, you know, how they came to their point of view. So that's amazing. As far as favorites, Oh, I have so many favorites. I think I have favorites like every season, you know, and yeah. um, they're just great. I think that one of I maybe I've said this, I read this somewhere in an interview book that like the beauty of the interview is that you kind of get to fall in love with someone every week, you oh. know? So that's what I think. That's pretty <laughs> cool. It's like, how do you go from speaker selection, interviewing, um, getting them in the studio with you all the way to having it on the podcast? Yeah, so the process for the podcast itself is that the speakers are the speakers that come for Apex events. So that format and sort of the coordination of who comes when, that's determined by the series. So we set the series a year in advance. And so we know the 22 speakers that we're going to have for the next academic year. Mm. And then when we're working with their agents or when we're working with them directly, um, you know, we just build it into their itinerary. Um, and, you know, some of them, you know, maybe you're a little nervous at first because a radio show for speakers is, you know, it's just another exposure. It's another um, element. It's another appearance. And so they maybe are a little nervous about it, but that's one of the reasons why I communicate with them a lot um, as I'm sort of designing their visit. So they get to know me and then I say, well, the radio show's with me. So you, you know me already and you kind of know how it's going to go. And so usually they feel pretty comfortable. So it's built into their itinerary. Um, they do the event. We go and have lunch often and then they have a little bit of downtime. We 
come into the radio station here on campus and then we go live. I mean, the joke that I always say, because they're always like, oh my gosh, are you going to run the all the board and everything too? And I say, yeah, I only know how to do exactly what I know how to do. I don't know how to answer the phone. I don't know. How, so I put the phone off the hook and everything. I don't know how to do anything else. I only know what I need to know to run that show. And so we do the show and the format is about 10 or 15 minutes of talk time. And then I play a song and 10 or 15 minutes of talk, play a song. I record it. And then in post-production, we do a couple things. I run it through an audio editor. I don't do any editing. I don't do any cut a paste. I don't do any of that. It's sure. just whatever the show is, is the show. But I just run it through an audio editor just to kind of compress, sort of even things out a little bit. And that happens. And then we also have to um, get a translation of it, a transcription for the podcast networks and for it to be on our website. It has to have a, for ADA purposes, it has to have a transcription. Huh. So we go through a transcription process uh, and then I send the files to the webmaster and then it goes. So that is cool. That yeah. is very cool. And how long have you been doing this for? Process. I've been doing Apex for um, four years. Okay. And the radio show we started, I think, my, my second year. So I think I think since either since 2017 or 2018. I can't remember. But I think I have maybe 70 shows now. Um, yeah, wow. they're great conversations. You know, they're, they're people that are, I mean, there's everything from Gustavo Arellano, who's a like a Latino food expert who talks about like the history of the tortilla and the history of hot sauce and like where all that came from. That to, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, to like Maria Inojosa, you know, who is an NPR um, podcaster herself for Alt Latino and everything in between. So that is awesome. Man. It's fun. That is cool. We'll go ahead and get started. We watched your um, fluidity video yesterday and we'd love to talk about that yeah. and some of the questions or thoughts that we had when we watched it. But I, I guess just in general, the premise of the whole podcast in general is just helping students create the experience that they want to have. So whatever tips and practices or insights that you have through your experiences that you think would be valuable for students to to know or understand, we're all for that. And so, I mean, we'll guide the conversation and we have questions and stuff like that. And I'm sure you're you're familiar with that whole process. But whatever whatever thoughts or insights that you have in that context is is really what we're looking for and would love to hear from you. Okay, I love it. Okay. My first question is with the fluidity, it, how long had you been working on it before it was produced? Was it just this last week, right? Is when yeah, the so final product was finished? Absolutely. Yeah. So Fluidity Confined is a multi-department collaboration in the College of Performing and Visual Arts. And it is a, about a 12-minute production that involves students from music, uh, students from photography, and students from theater. Um, and it is one of these opportunities for students to take their learning outside of the box. You know, when you're a music student, you're playing music, right? And that's what you're doing. And you're in the practice room and you play a concert. And when you're a photography student, you learn how to use the dark room and you learn how to use your camera and then you make images. And when you're a theater student, you know, you learn how to do all those things. And you're kind of in your own world doing all those things. Um, but one of the things that Raina Gardner and I um, you know, really were focused on was we want our students to have experiences that are going to matter to them as much as humanly possible later. And we just know that the world is about these cross 
um, pollinations of disciplines. So mm. we want to take the time and take our curriculum to that direction where students can learn all about the other arts, they can experience the other arts, um, and they can create something that will be indelible. It's a it's a work that they will have forever to look back on, where they were able to do all of these different things at such a professional level, and to cross with all these other disciplines. So to answer your question of how long it started, actually, it's been a semester long project. Okay. So we formulated the idea and it was actually a student idea um and i can i happy to tell you that story and it was that was in like november and um and so we started talking in november and planning for it and getting all the pieces in place and then the all of the classes the classes involved started working on it in january when we started classes in january and then went through the whole semester at different parts of the process because there's lots of different parts of the process and then we finally produced the um video which went live on youtube just last saturday cool that all things considered i feel like that's a pretty quick moving project yeah from november conceiving the idea until just this just a few days ago when it was produced yeah yeah especially having so many different departments, departments involved. Yeah. Working yeah, absolutely. On it. yeah i mean i feel like most people are like they try to stay away from that just because communication is yeah tougher and it takes a lot more to get things yeah, we yeah, talk a lot impressive. about like the collaborative spirit, you know, and I think that that's something that I really believe in fostering in my students because I just feel like that's one of those skills that it doesn't matter what you're studying, studying, it could be math, it could be science, it could be English, it could be music, but having that collaborative spirit is you know, you guys talk about experience a lot. Like how much deeper is the experience when you're collaborating, you know? Yeah. And that's I think the key. And so finding um all of these people and um that have that already like in Reina and my in in, in Troy and the other collaborators in the piece and then sharing that you know just really obviously to our students so our students are not only collaborating and learning about that themselves they're seeing us collaborate as well so it's this great cyclical thing which is pretty invaluable too to be able to see your professors and your instructors being able to interact with them and have that you know, that one-on-one -on -one view of like, how does somebody who's further along than I am in this industry, how do they work and what yeah. does that look like? Yeah. Which is very, very cool. So before we talk about fluidity combined, uh, confined a little bit more, like what is a common myth about like the arts and music and specifically this was like a percussion and, and mm -hmm. art um, performance. Like what's a common myth or misconception um, that people might have about this? Yeah. So about music in general, I think the biggest misconception is, oh, you can't make a living in music. You you know, it's just like a hobby, that kind of thing. And I think that's a big conception, uh, misconception in that, first of all, the, the skills that you learn as a performer. I mean, I'm a good example of that. You know, I'm a professional performing musician, but I also run a lecture series uh, on campus, you know, so I'm an event planner and, you know, a negotiator and an organizer and, a you know, and all of the skills that I'm using for that all come from music. They're performer skills. So, you know, as a musician, you you learn so much. You learn how to practice. You learn how to see projects through. You learn how to problem solve on your own. You learn how to develop inner confidence because you're constantly, you know, you're performing. So you're figuring things out on the fly. You're learning about how you interface and communicate with others verbally, non-verbally, all these things. You learn about polish. You learn about audience, you learn about public speaking, you know, learn, you learn about all these things. So, and those are applicable 
certainly to music jobs, but they're applicable to anything. So one of the, you know, little statistics that we always like to say is that, you know, people in, in the professional world are always looking for people who have a background in the arts because they really know how to see projects through. They're also people who tend to put in lots of extra time and effort. And they're creative as yeah, heck. Yeah, exactly. They just are creative problem solvers. So all of those make you just really highly marketable. So that's one misconception. I think a misconception about percussion is that we just like hit things, you know, and <laughs> and so there's that, you know. Stay away from them. <laughs> but there's truth to that. I mean, we have a whole piece that is played on tables. I could like start playing the table in front of me now. You know, there there is some truth to that. I mean, in a way, but it's a misconception because in order to hit a table really well, you have to know what you're doing musically. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, it's fun. so is percussion your emphasis when it comes to music? You got a PhD in studying music, didn't you? Yeah. My doctorate is in percussion performance. So oh, okay. yeah. Specifically percussion. Yeah. And with that, you know, you study music history, you study music theory, you study, you study everything. You study harmony, you study commercial, you study all of it. Uh -huh. But my main family of instruments that I play and, and do is percussion. So all things drums and keyboard percussion, orchestral percussion, world music, drum set, whatever. Whoa. So in the fluidity, what's confined, this? Confined, yeah. mm -hmm. fluidity, confined. You guys, what's the instrument that you guys are playing? So there's most a of the time? lot of instruments on stage, but one of the main instruments is is our family of keyboard instruments, and so oh, okay. those are basically like the big percussion joke. It, like there are T-shirts made that say it's not a xylophone because everybody always assumes that yes. all of those instruments are xylophones. That's, I'm sure that's, what, that's what we were yeah, going like, to say. Is that a xylophone? Yeah, yesterday? totally. Probably not. But. <laughs> and that's I mean we it's sort of fun for us because I mean people know the xylophone and that's great. So uh -huh. they're basically large versions of the xylophone um one of the instruments that you saw is a marimba which is like a big xylophone oh, I called that one yeah yeah <laughs> with like wood bars and yeah. then the other one is a vibraphone and that one is kind of like what you see in jazz with lionel hampton or gary burton that has metal bars mm -hmm. um there's glockenspiels um we also had tuned metal pipes in there um a little baby drum called a tambourine which is a brazilian drum um there were some um tuned Bells, they're called omglocken. Yeah. Um, okay, that omglocken. Um, omglocken. Um, mm -hmm. That's a fun word to say. When I heard it, it almost sounded like a steel drum. Yeah, exactly. Which was pretty fun sound. Yeah, exactly. They're omglocken, um, so they're that's a they're tuned um, cowbells, right? They're tuned to specific pitches. We actually bought those five or six specifically to use on that piece because um, they have to be exactly those pitches. So Whoa. yeah, there's all kinds of things. That is so fascinating. Okay, so one part in particular, there's it, during the performance where you hit it and yeah. then you're like <laughs> lean over and I don't know what you're doing if you're just like blowing on it a little bit. Yeah, or, could you, yeah explain that a little so bit. So everybody's, it's so interesting because we, you know, we did the premiere on Saturday night and, you know, we had a little audience and we had um, the ensemble, many, some other members of the ensemble were seeing it for the first time. And then we had our class on Monday where we sort of debriefed the concert and they were like, okay, what was that thing that you did? So that <laughs> is a technique that's called a mouth vibrato. Okay, so vibrato means like vibration, and that's what you hear like singers do when they're when their voice kind of wavers a little bit, uh -huh. or um, when a violinist or a string player moves their finger. That makes a vibration or a vibrato, so that it gives a little depth and texture to the sound. So the vibraphone, the the metal xylophone, if you will, actually can naturally do that with fans, and it has a pedal and fans, um, but it has to be the pedal has to be down and kind of do that for the whole section. In 
this piece, they want that vibrato, that sort of wavering, that wah, 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 on, they just want it on a couple notes. And so instead of plugging in the motor and turning on the fans, there's another way to do it, and that is to do it with your mouth. And so it's a, it's a very unusual technique. It's not something that you see. I mean, I think that's the only piece I've ever done that on. And so you strike the instrument um, in a normal way, and it's a metal instrument that has a fairly, it's high in the range, so it's a little bit higher pitch. So it rings for a long time. And then you quickly put your mouth over the bar and just open and close your mouth. So what's happening is the sound is coming out the top, right? It's coming mm. out through the bar. And then you're just kind of making like a fan. So you're, so do you know, like, have you ever done it with like a ceiling fan or like a, a house fan? Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's that. It's <laughs> okay. basically that only with pitch. So that's Very what that cool. is. Yeah. My friend showed me a trick when I was in eighth grade. He played a, a song on his phone and he put his mouth up to the speaker and would just like open and close it and it would like change the yeah. pitch and whatnot just kind of a funny trick totally that's it that's it that's it exactly interesting that's very cool it is cool and we saw that we're like we have to ask her <laughs> yeah. about that everybody's wanting to ask about that yeah yeah i'm sure no doubt you get you get a lot of questions about it so you said that this was a student-based project somebody came up with it Right, yeah, back in November, you said. Yeah, I'd love to tell you that yeah, story. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to hear um, it. So I'm a big believer in collaboration. It's kind of one of the things that I love, love, love to do. And I've done a lot of projects on campus that way. Last fall, I did a collaboration with dance. Um, and so we did a similar thing. And that that is also on, the, on our SCU YouTube channel. It's called Embers and Ash. And it's really great. Um, we One of the dance teachers and choreographers, Alexandra Bradshaw-Yerby, um, she had a whole class of brand new freshman dancers and she wanted to collaborate. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so I got a bunch of my students involved and we did a similar kind of big project collaboration for the semester. And one of my seniors who's in percussion, his name is Connor Cushman, and he was in that project in the fall and he's a photographer. He's taking all the photography classes. And just going back to like what the college experience is like, I'd love to kind of use him as an example because in the time that he's, he transferred here from New Mexico and he's a percussionist, right? So he's the music major percussionist. But what he has done is he's taken dance classes. He's taken photography classes. He's taken all the film classes. He's really branched out to anything that he had a bit of interest in um, and really made full use of that experience like taking classes now where you've got the infrastructure around you and you've got people that are just dying to teach you and yeah. you can just take a class in the context of your major. So in terms of like the student experience, I would just highly recommend that you, that anybody listening really consider that if there's something that you want to learn a little bit about, maybe you want to learn about percussion, come play in percussion ensemble. If you want to learn about photography, take a photography class because it's so special this time that you have in college where you can really kind of, I know it's so busy, everybody's so busy, yeah. but it gets harder and harder, you know, outside of college when you're in the workforce and you've got your mortgage and your house and all your responsibilities. So in terms of like really maximizing your experience, take those classes now. And these are the most important tips and practices for you this week. Be sure to follow or subscribe, rate and review, and we will catch you next time.